You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Peace Street Football, wherever you get your podcast, that's Apple, the audience, wherever you get your podcast, Peace Ball is there. But as you guys can see, we got another in the court. Rob Brown is with us, and Rob is uh, he's kind of like the Carolina per- Carolina Panthers version of Peace Street. So make sure you guys go ahead and check out Views from Mint Street. That best podcast as when you talk about things. So make sure you go check out Views from Mint Street wherever you get your podcast too. Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Views from Mint Street is there for you if you want to know a little bit about the Panthers. First things first, Rob, how we doing this morning, man? Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on, talking a little football, a little Thursday night action. We all know how good the Thursday night games have been, and I expect nothing different, right? Yeah, they've, they've left a lot to be desired, but that you know what? Look, maybe we're going to change it because the last time we got together, we had, I don't know, exciting is a word you can use, um, but one of the – you know what? The game that we played against you guys uh, ten, what, nine days ago was literally the perfect summarization of what the NFC South is, which is just a blank show right now. Um, with Nobody's above 500. So maybe we can deliver because, if anything, that game would be twice as exciting as anything else we've seen on Thursday nights at this point. Uh, that game was a perfect metaphor for the NFC South, which is – Despite everybody's best efforts, somebody's got to win, right? Like, it's it's not like anybody deserves to win. It's just somebody's got to win at the end of the day. And I think right now, in the spot that we're in, and I'm sure you guys are in the same boat, the Saints are in the same boat, 
heck, even Tampa Bay's in the same boat. At this point, we'd be happy to get wins just that somebody has to win as opposed to wins that we've really earned. But uh, And we can get into this in just a minute. I think it's become pretty obvious that the Panthers have decided to go full tank mode at this point because you guys get the same P.J. Walker that last week against Cincinnati went 3 of 10 with 2 interceptions and 9 yards. Congratulations on getting P.J. playing and not the Baker Mayfield who came in and threw 3 touchdowns immediately after that. Uh, you get to be the first team that plays a Carolina Panthers team that is fully engaged the tank. So, you know, I was looking back, um, I was going back over the numbers as we were, you know, preparing uh, on some of the other things I do with Falcons Radio and uh, Dukes and Bell. And, and, and in Atlanta, this, this mindset, this P.J. Walker was really good against us in week eight. Really, that's not the case. If you go back and pull the numbers, with let's take away the 62-yard uh, bomb to DJ Moore, which was a phenomenal throw, a play altogether by PJ Walker. I think DJ Moore is getting a lot more credit for that than what PJ did of rolling out and just putting a dime out there. But if you go back and look, he was take that one play away, Rob. He's 18 of 35 for like 255. So it was a pretty, uh, you know, meteoric day for him. The, the way that the, the, you guys were able to compete in that game was. Defensively, one of the guys I want to get to is Derek Brown and his progressions this year. But Deontay Foreman, who's a basically a scrap heap signing for you guys and for my fantasy team, which worked out well for me in week eight. But he, he had three touchdowns and ran for over 100 yards. I mean, is that that seems to be kind of the formula for, for both of our teams to be successful is just run the ball and throw as little as possible. No, you know, it's spot on. I've, I've been saying all year, the identity of this Carolina Panthers team is that we are a run team that plays good defense, right? And then you go back, you go to that Atlanta game. Deontay Foreman carried that. We played, for the most part, relatively good defense against you guys, and it turned it into a football game. And I knew that was going to be a contest, right? You had the divisional lead up for grabs. It was always going to be a really competitive football game. But then the very next week, we go to Cincinnati, and what happens? We don't run the ball. Deontay Foreman had like 30-something yards. Uh, P.J. Walker gets the ball, the, the pressure placed on him. He's not that good. Like, I, I was getting so frustrated with Panthers fans that are going, oh, it's P.J. season, right? Like, it's time to turn the P.J. is what P.J. has been since P.J. showed up in Carolina. A guy that's on the roster because he's a solid third-string guy, a solid practice squad guy, and he was a Matt Rule guy. Otherwise, he's never on that roster, and we know that now. So we did not run the ball with Deontay Foreman the way we did against Atlanta, and our defense played like absolute trash against since It was the worst defensive performance out of the Carolina Panthers. I mean this. In literally years, if you had Joe Mixon on your fantasy team last Sunday, congratulations on your win. He did it by himself uh, because we were just that bad. So the question now is going to be, is there any want? Is there any competitiveness left in this team to come out on Thursday? They got the all-black jerseys on. They're going to be celebrating stuff at the bank. But the games are in the grand scheme of things, irrelevant from this point forward, right? Like, we're not catching Tampa. We're probably not catching you guys. 
if the Saints ever get healthy, I mean, they're probably going to end up better than we are. Uh, it's 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 just going to be a matter of at this point, and I've been saying this for the past three weeks. Carolina is going to put on the field a test of who wants to be here, right? Like we have turned the corner out of the Matt Rule era. We are. I don't know if Steve Wilkes is going to be the coach or not. It frankly doesn't matter. There is a new era of Carolina football starting in the 2023 season. And right now is the time to prove that you either want to be a part of that or you don't. And Thursday night is really the first big step in getting that answer. So there'll be some guys that put up a fight, but PJ Walker is our starting quarterback. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to shamelessly celebrate that I did have Joe Mixon in one of my fantasy teams. Well, congrats yeah, on that dub, buddy. D- ahead, Dylan, Dylan was very proud of that during our broadcast when we kept uh, seeing the, the stats come through uh, during the because Dylan works with the uh, Falcon Trio as well. He was very proud of that. Look, I, we can sit here and uh, and kill PJ Walker uh, all day, and I'm I'm okay with that because it's nice to hear someone else's quarterback get criticized for once. But you know, after after playing uh, a few few weeks ago, I really I'm surprised your defense kind of had a bad day, but. Cincinnati's really good at neutralizing um, a good defensive front because they're the quick passing attack. It, it just like the Chargers that we played last week did the same thing with Justin Herbert. But I want to talk about Derrick Brown. Uh, I, this is a guy that we wanted. He went uh, before we could get him, and we ended up with AJ Terrell. So it wasn't a terrible consolation prize. But Derrick Brown is starting to really kind of come into his own, and and. Uh, you know, that's one of the matchups we're going to get to later is 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 Derek Brown versus Chris Lindstrom. But what is what is going on with Derek Brown? How is Derek Brown kind of seemingly taking the next step as far as being now considered one of the better de- interior defensive linemen in the league? Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the defensive coordinator spot, right? Like when Phil Snow was there, Phil Snow runs this very interesting, very college football style defense where – there's not a ton of emphasis on the defensive line, right? The defensive line is basically there to hold the OL and try to generate a little bit of pressure, but there's nothing, there's no focus on the defensive line. It was a very generic, very bare bones college football defense. Well, when Matt Rule got canned, Steve Wilkes within minutes was ready to let go of Phil Snow, which is understandable. Phil Snow's defenses had on paper, all the tools. I mean, on paper, Carolina's defense should theoretically be one of the best in football. And Phil Snow continued to find ways to scheme us into mediocrity. Well, he was a big Matt Rule guy. They were connected at the hip. They let Matt Rule go. Phil Snow went out the door. And when you started moving on, and Steve Wilkes, who likes to be more aggressive defensively up front in order to try to decrease the amount of time that defensive backs have to be in coverage... He said, we got a really good defensive line with Gross Maddox on one side, Burns on the other, Derek Brown in the middle. That's a lot of talent at the line of scrimmage. We should be utilizing that instead of just kind of using them as a stopgap. So there's been an added focus and added emphasis on letting the defensive line kind of get a little bit more pressure, run some more stunts, try to back them up with linebacker blitzes to open up different ways they can get to the quarterback. And frankly, it's worked because with all that talent, across the front three or four, depending on what base we're running out of. When you emphasize that talent and that talent gets the chance to shine, what has happened is what I've been saying was going to happen for the last handful of years. Derek Brown broke out. 
Brian Burns is a guy that demands two first rounders and a second rounder. And he's good enough. We said no to that, right? That's what you can do when you focus and you cater your defense to the talent that you have and not cater the talent to the defense that you want. That's what's happened. And it worked. Except for Cincinnati because reasons, I guess. I don't know. I got nothing. Look, don't don't feel bad about Cincinnati. I mean, it, 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 they destroyed us, and it, you know, not that our defense is um, this great defense. We got to play them with um, a practice squad secondary, so that was a lot of fun. And so, I, so we kind of we kind of know how that feels. But honestly, this defense, I, I look over this defense, and I've got you know my my card here, and quite frankly, there's first rounders all over the board. Uh, you know, you got C.J. Henderson, who's been a disappointment everywhere so far. But he's starting to maybe play a little bit up to that. But but J.C. Horn, talk to me a little bit. And I know we're sticking on defense, but I'm really – there's nothing to talk about on offense. D.J. Moore has been what he is. He's ho-hum. P.J. Walker is what he is. Your, your running game, Chuba Hubbard's been banged up, but you got Deontay Foreman. But J.C. Horn, let's talk about him real quick because he's a guy who has battled injuries so far in his young career. But – what is the what is the thought with him? Because he's in his second year. Uh, another guy that that Atlanta kind of looked at, but Carolina was just you know that it, it, we we ended up taking Kyle Pitts and and uh, you know that's that is what it is right now here and there. But talk to me a little bit about J C Horn and what how he's progressing in his second year. Well, J C Horn's a stud, and you know the the, the really the only problem you've had with J.C. Horn is injury, right? Like, he sat out a good chunk of last year with one. He missed a few games earlier this season because of the knee injury. When J.C. Horn is healthy, the kid is a star. And, you know, there, there's obviously a Gamecock. He's he's from the Carolinas. He knows this area. He's got a good fan base behind him. And it has kind of spurred him into becoming a guy that you can rely on. But that helps win, and he's been hurt. But when you've got Jeremy Chin back there behind him, who's been excellent during his time in Carolina, it frees J.C. Horn to play a little more loose, uh, to, to kind of anticipate routes, to jump routes, and he's done a great job of that. J.C. Horn is going to be a star in this league for a number of years, and it is going to be a very interesting, we talked about turning the corner, very interesting to see how many of these young guys are going to stick around as we find out who the next head coach is and what the next generation of Panther football looks like. But J.C. Horn, because of how good the defensive backfield has been around him with guys like Henderson really elevating their game as well, it's allowed him to be kind of the more raw, athletic J.C. Horn that Carolina drafted him to be, and they're getting the results from that. If that dude stays healthy, he is going to be a name that is going to haunt the rest of the NFC South for a number of years especially when you pair him with a very good defensive line that forces quarterbacks to get rid of the football quicker. It just means J.C. is going to be closer to routes as they break. Uh, I am very excited about the continued development of J.C. Horn. I got right. a quick I question for you there. here, Rob. Uh, I know that we... All right, real quick, because I got about one minute and I got to go jump live on air, and I apologize for that. that I, I know that we potentially are going to... Uh, we're going to... We could potentially see two quarterbacks, but... I want to see if maybe anywhere, if we do start to see like Baker Mayfield, possibly maybe even Sam Darnold, do we see the Panthers try to air the ball out a little bit more and go to that passing game a little bit more? Or do you think no matter what, it's going to be a heavy dose of Deontay Foreman in the backfield and the Panthers really trying to establish the run game like they did a couple of weeks back? 
It's a great question because, again, I don't know what the mentality is right now, right? Like, Deontay Foreman, if he's running the ball well, he's going to do great. If Baker checks in, maybe he throws it around a little more. But at the same time, the question is, and I, I, I hate to be generic about it, but the question here is, are we really busting hump for dubs, right? Like, we want to win, but are you going to be oh, – if you're over-aggressive to win, you might see him turn Baker loose. But if not, it's going to be up in the air. And the answer is, I don't know, to be honest with you. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you joining, man. You got it, guys. We'll catch up real soon. I appreciate y'all having me. All right, we'll see you in Carolina. Appreciate it, Rob. All right, that was Rob Brown. Shout out to uh, shout out to Rob for giving us a few minutes here and really letting us pick his brain about the uh, the Carolina Panthers as well. Again, one more time, views from Men Street. Make sure you guys go check that out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. So, Bo, I mean, Rob kind of gave us the rundown. He told us really what to expect. I mean. We don't know. <laughs> the answer is we don't know what we probably should expect. I mean, we know we're at least going to start with P.J. Walker. It has been confirmed that P.J. Walker is going to start the football game. So how far he goes after that, it depends on P.J. Walker. And I can say, I feel pretty confident in saying this, that if it is P.J. Walker that gets the nod, he is out there for the majority of the football game then we can expect to see the Carolina Panthers probably relying heavily on that run game, or at least they're going to try to, to start the game. Hopefully the Falcons can shut down Deontay Foreman in that running game, something they really couldn't do in the first game. But, I mean, really it's going to be up to Deontay Foreman in this defense if the Panthers have to do to win this football game. And I think at least to start, the Falcons should be able to have some success on the defensive side of the ball because they know what the Panthers want to do. They know what the Panthers have to do to be able to be successful in a game that's run the ball and that's play good defense. So you can take away, you can take away, you know, running the ball. And, you know, as far as offense goes, you know how the Panthers want to try to attack you. So the Falcons, I think, with being so familiar with these guys, I think they should have a lot of success against the Panthers. On especially the Panthers are going to be, you know, hanging their head a little bit after the blowout. So this feels like this really should be a good get-back and rebound game for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's the way it feels, and that's why one of my matchups, you know, I, I don't know we're getting into our matchups because this is basically our Friday today because we have the, you know, we have a yeah. Thursday game tomorrow. Right. But that's why one of my matchups is Derrick Brown versus Chris Lindstrom. Um, the Falcons need to do a better job with Derrick Brown. He, you know, he, the guy had 12 tackles. Was in on a sack, had a half a sack, and a, a tackle for loss last uh, the last time these two teams played. So, for me, that's one of the guys you got to get a hat on. And they might have to slide some help over there with Dahman and Lindstrom. And uh, then you're going to have Colby Gossett at times. But Ioannidis should be on the other side there. But uh, that how this and, – and it goes really deeper than Derrick Brown. But for, for the Falcons to do what they want, they want to control this game. They want to ball control, run the ball. Carolina, they still ran for, I think, like 170 last time these two teams played uh, against Carolina right around there. But control that front because Burns, Ioannidis, Gross Matos, um, and Derrick Brown, they're a problem. And if you if you can't get those guys blocked, guys like Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu uh, are going are gonna to wreak havoc. Right. So win up front is one of my matchups. And that'll allow the Falcons to keep Deontay Foreman from running the ball off the field. Maybe that'll help because they did gash us last time, which was very concerning. But maybe that'll keep Foreman and and uh, I don't know if Hubbard will play, but maybe Hubbard in check and Spencer Brown. Um, so got to kind of 
you want to you want to win up front on on both sides of the ball, but especially get Derrick Brown blocked. If you can get a hat on Derrick Brown, it'll be a much easier day for our Falcons on uh tomorrow night. Yeah, you have to you have to block Derrick Brown and the likes of Brian Burns as well. I mean, you said it. If because if you get those guys blocked, you can establish that running game. Not only can you slow down the game and control possession by possessing the football for a long time, but then you can give your defense a break. They're fresh and hopefully slow down Deontay Foreman as well. And it was you were you are a yard off, 169 yards for uh, the Carolina Panthers rushing. Look, I only know the exact number because I, I checked just so I could you know confirm whether or not. But we'll ba- we can basically call it 170, but it was 169 yards rushing um, for the Carolina Panthers last week. So as as far as the matchup for me goes, I'm gonna have to go with because this guy torched you and. He's the reason you almost lost the football game, and he's kind of the reason you won the football game. But I'm going to have to go with DJ Moore against this Atlanta Falcons secondary. Now, you know, with with the injuries, I'm not exactly sure who he's going to be matched up with. Uh, Maybe a Darren Hall. I'm not sure if it's going to be a a Cornell. Uh, So I'm not sure exactly who. I don't know if Isaiah Isaiah Pinton probably could, could be ready to play. I'm not sure. Um, so that's why I'm just going to go with the secondary because I'm not sure who DJ Moore is going to be matched up with and they could mismatch. Um, but it's going to be DJ Moore against this secondary because he is really right now, besides Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard from the running backs, he's really the Carolina Panthers only viable weapon. And I mean, again, besides the running game, he's the guy that really only got against you in the passing guys. If you look at the receiving yards, DJ Moore, six yards, a hundred, uh, six receptions, excuse Six receptions for 52 yards. I mean, Marshall Jr. was there with 487 right after that. But after uh, that, Spencer and only a catch for 33 uh, yards. So, DJ Moore did most of the damage when we talked about the passing game for the Carolina Panthers. So, you have to find a way to slow him down because that's who the Panthers want to go to. No matter what quarterback out there. Uh, 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 wow, I'm forgetting that. Uh, PJ Walker. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, doesn't matter. They're going to go to DJ Moore. So slow him down in the secondary. Find a way to get him out of the game. Way to neutralize him. And I think this uh, this Atlanta Falcons defense is that much better if they can do that. Yeah, he was the most targeted receiver um, in Week Eight against the Falcons. Behind uh, and then and then behind him was Terrace Marshall, uh, the LSU um, yeah. second year player. So, and Marshall's a good player. Marshall's starting to come along, but but DJ Moore is the workhorse. I mean, he's already got 35 catches this year for just under 500 yards. So, he's definitely their workhorse. He's the guy they want to go to. You know, when it comes down to getting to the keys of the game, which is our next step, and uh, obviously we'll get to Dylan's uh, deciding factors here uh, before we wrap, uh, right before predictions. But, yeah. Dylan, for me, it's just, it's this is a simple. I'm going to give one key. Uh, because we've talked about slowing down Deontay Foreman. Oh. To me, the the key, and this is so simple, it just sounds silly, but it's limit big plays on uh, uh, the uh, limit big plays, limit big plays on defense. All right, your de- our yeah. defense has got to go out there. They, you know, we don't have all the drama if we can just limit big plays. Carolina, did, they had fight. They, had, you know, Wilkes had just <laughs> taken over. It was um, they just came off a win over Tampa. They were feeling themselves. Now, now they've lost two straight, and one of them was a complete debacle. 
Uh, and the other was heartbreaking. And honestly, that was a little bit of a debacle at the end, too, with what, how DJ took his helmet off. But just limit big plays. Um, yeah. You know, DJ Moore had six catches for 152 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Again, 62 freaking yards of that came on one catch. But he still had he still had five catches for, what, uh, 90-something yards. So limit big plays. Deontay Foreman had three touchdowns. Yeah. Keep them in check. And I think you break their will. I think this team is a team that's going to come out here and look to get going early. And if they they have any trouble, uh, like they've had like they had last week, I think that's still fresh in their head. They're banged up. You know, you could see a team wilt. So limit their big plays, and and yep. uh, and and you could see this game be a lot easier than it was in week eight. I'm with you, Bo. I'm going to give you oh, and that huge key too on your end. I mean. You have to limit big plays. I mean, we gave up chunk yardage in the Carolina Panther game. Obviously, that's how we ended up in that crazy commit at the end of the game with the Carolina Panthers game. You gave up chunk yardage in spots against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they, they had a first down in 25, and they got that back in like two, three plays. So you definitely have to limit big plays because it's been a issue times throughout the duration of the last two balls. Definitely with you on that. For me, I'm going to give you one key, too. Sack the quarterback. Whoever's there in the backfield, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Zendon, it doesn't matter. You need to get them down on the ground. Get the get the Carolina Panthers in obvious passing situations. Get them behind the chains. Get them in crazy down and distances and, and make them have to pass the ball because guess what? P.J. Walker showed you last uh, two weeks ago that if he has to pass the ball, he's going to throw you the ball. We know Baker Mayfield's uh, background, he got to throw the ball too much, he's going to throw you the ball. So you have turnover opportunities there if you get the Carolina Panthers in obvious passing situations. So to do that, you need to make some tackles for loss, sack the quarterback. We haven't gotten any sacks over these past couple of weeks. We need to get back to sacking the quarterback at a at a higher clip than what it has been these last two weeks. So for me, I think the big key is sack the quarterback. You sack the quarterback a few times this game. I think you clearly and outright win this football game. But I want to go ahead while we're on the game. I want to give you my deciding factor. So Dylan's deciding factor. I think he's going to decide this football tomorrow. I think is uh, I think it's going to be the run. I mean, that's what what it kind of came down to. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago, both teams in the foot fairly well. But for me, I think you have to be able to stop the Carolina Panthers running game. Do not let them get comfortable. Do not let them run the football with Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard. Do not get comfy running running the football. Do not let them get confident in running the ball. If you can stop, stop the running game and make them dimensional, again, that's going to bode well for you because then I think you start in turnover opportunities when you talk about having to have P.J. Walkfield, whoever, air it out multiple times during that football game. So Dylan's this deciding factor, you win the football game. I think it's as simple as that this week, Bo. Hey, I love it. I love it. Uh, I think I think, I think, think it's a good it's a good deciding factor, and I go. hope that we can do that, and then we win. Look, I don't – I want to come home and start the mini-buy. I call this a mini-buy for those of you who uh, – you know, new to the podcast. The, to me, the, the Thursday night game is yeah. always a mini buy because you, it's a quick turnaround, and then you get you get that Friday, Saturday, Sunday 
um, kind of off, and you only get that once a year, uh, uh, really. Uh, you get the bye week, and then you get this. So it would be a great way to go into the mini bye, maybe get – you know, I don't know if – I don't think A.J.'s going to play. Personally, I think A.J.'s probably going to be held out another week, and then and then you really get a full, full rest period, and uh, and he's ready, hopefully ready to go and healthy for the, maybe the Chicago game, which would be the next game. All right. You ready to make our predictions, Dylon? Are you ready to make some predictions or what? I'm ready. I was born ready. That's why I'm rubbing my hands because I'm ready. All right. I'll go first. I'll start this show as fire as uh, you going go from your fingertips okay, uh, from rubbing your hands together. Look, it was a close game a few a few <laughs> weeks ago. Um, I don't think this is the same Carolina team. I think this is going to work out pretty well. For our Falcons, I think we go to Carolina, we 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 drop the hammer on the Panthers, and they can keep pounding all they want, but they're going to get pounded on Thursday night. I think it's a twenty-seven to thirteen final. Falcons are back to five hundred uh, come Friday eight morning, and uh, and for the time being, they'll be in sole possession of first place. Obviously, got to wait on what happens with the Tampa Bay game, but. Uh, Tampa Bay does play this week, right? I want to double check because I have gotten so locked in to um to to what we're doing with our Thursday night game that yeah, they play Seattle. Uh oh, this is the right. this is the Munich game. This is the Germany game. The Germany. Uh, so so mm-hmm. see Tampa Bay's got a tough chest. Six and three Seattle. Seattle's feeling themselves. We could be talking about a full one game lead in first place come Monday morning, or hell, come Monday afternoon, because that's a 9.30 kickoff uh, Eastern time. So I think the Falcons get the job done, and now we're we're, we're, uh, we're a sole possession of first place after week 10. There you go. I I really like that that score, too. I was feeling like I'm, I'm feeling – and it's not just because you're 27 or 13. I'm trying to, like, one-up you or anything. I just – I really like that score prediction. I had 28-13 in my head. Their minds are thinking of light right now. So I'm going to go 28-13. Falcons win over the Carolina Panthers. I think we beat them down pretty easy. I think that familiarity weeks ago helps us and helps us uh, stop what they're trying to do better. And uh, like you said, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they they got a tough matchup. They got to travel to Germany. It's a weird uh, – it's just a weird – they got a regular flow of things. It's a 9.30 start for them um, on local time here. I mean, I know they'll kind of be on regular time over there, but they're just going to be kind of be thrown out of whack when it comes to their process and their regular game flow and things like that and their regular game schedule. And the Seattle Seahawks are a team that will hit you in the mouth. They're going to run the football. Geno's been playing very well. So that's going to be a tough outcome to go. I'm going to go Falcon and I'm going to go the Carolina Panthers 13. We get back to 500. And again, hopefully – Monday, I'm talking about uh Atlanta Falcons team that that is uh, back in first place and sole possession of first place and all is well in the ATL again. But that's going to do it for this edition of Peachtree Football. Again, make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peachtree Football is there. So hoping for a big win tomorrow. We will see. Make sure you guys, you know, hey, if you want to make, if you, if you, if you know, you ball, if you got assistant brand manager money like Squidbilly does, you can buy yourself a ticket, make that drive, 
down I-85 and, you know, go check out the Atlanta Falcons and, you know, bring a little home field advantage to Bank of America Stadium. So we will talk to you guys in a minute. But until then, oh, 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 peace.